Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me as usual, Dequel Jackson. Dequel had a little bit of a, a rough week last week, and that's why he wasn't here. But he's back this week to talk about an awful game if you are a mm. Colts fan. Oh, my goodness. Dequel, what do <laughs> yeah. you think of that? Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, but let, let's see. It, it's a devastating way to lose, especially when you start the game. In the first eight minutes of that game, you know, the Colts were able to roll off two touchdowns. Michael Pittman had two touchdowns off the break. You would get a turnover in the first first defensive drive. You think, in my eyes, including everyone else watching that game, this is going to be a blowout, that the Colts were going to get back on track. And this was, like Darius Leonard said early in the week, this was a must win for the Colts. And unfortunately, we all saw what happened in overtime. They lose by three, but it was definitely an entertaining game to watch. Oh, definitely. And there were multiple times in this game where the Colts could have legitimately just ran away. We were talking earlier that uh, Taekwon Lewis interception. Oh. Uh, had he not blown his knee out right there on the return and fumbled it as he was going down. And I can't blame him for fumbling it because no. something like you know, the pain hits, you're, you're not thinking about the ball no more, you know? Right. So like, I can't, <laughs> right. I can't put the blame on him, but that was a third and long mm -hmm. interception. So even, yes. e even if it was a knockdown pass, they were punting, right? They were, uh, yes. they, they, they were going to punt. And instead we got the turnover. We returned it probably would have scored somewhere, even a field goal, you know, because, sure. because of the field position that we had at that point. And instead, because of the fumble, the Titans get the ball back behind the line, the, the line of scrimmage where they threw the ball at in the first place. But it's they get a whole fresh set of downs, first right. and 10, where they recover the football. And and then, of course, like, like we're talking about, you know, the next play is in the books. You know, Xavier Rhodes misses that tackle. I mean, come and, on. And A.J. I mean Brown goes 57 for a tug. Yeah, I mean, you're on A.J. Brown and Xavier Rose. I know I'm, I'm going to lay into him a little bit right here, but there's a there's an old cliche in the National Football League. Just do your job. The Patriots have done it for many, many years, and we've seen the, the success that organization has had. This is one of those moments where, you know, you want to stop the – things already couldn't be any worse. You get an interception, as you alluded to. Lewis, you know, he blows his knee out. Hope he has a speedy recovery, mm -hmm. but they get – the Titans recover the football, new fresh set of downs. And you're on the A.J. Brown, one of the biggest, strongest, fastest, pound-for-pound -pound receiver in the National Football League. Xavier Rose, make the tackle. If you don't make the tackle, push him out of bounds. But don't let the guy scamper for 57 yards. And now the game, that was a critical moment of the game, a turning point of the game, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it was, it just, 
watching it, it just all the air just left my body. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe what just happened because this was could have been a moment for the Colts to really take control of the football game. Instead, it was a swing of events. Now Tennessee, you know, has some momentum. They've scored a huge touchdown, and now this is a this is a football game. But at that moment, you got to do your job. You got to do your job, and that's something that's every defensive player. You won't be on that field unless you can play and tackle. Tackle the guy. It's simple as that. But it comes down to a game of inches, and it was a lot of that to go 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 along with this football game, especially towards the last two minutes of the game and during the overtime. Oh no, no kidding. That that was the biggest. That play with Tyquan Lewis was the biggest roller coaster of emotions I have had. I sat here and watched that game live, and I was reacting to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, an interception on third and long. We're about to go up three scores, put this darn game in the rearview mirror in the first half, right? To all of a sudden, the Titans now change the complete momentum of the game. And so it was was, double heartbreaking because when you saw – Lewis go down and the scrum is happening for the football. You see his hand come up and waving, asking mm. for the trainers mm. to come, you know, and that, yeah. that pulled on my heartstrings immediately. And then, yeah. and then the touchdown from, from AJ just, Oh my goodness. It was just, uh, my heart was <laughs> in my stomach. I was like, Oh no, not, not this again. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about the end of the, Okay. Well, let's say they, they also was able to bottle up. I know you're frustrated. We all mm-hmm. are. <laughs> they were able to keep Derrick Henry, Henry. Now we know he was dealing with a foot injury at the time. No one know. But you keep him on. You bottle the Tennessee Titans for under 100 yards rushing. That's a huge uh, momentum swing, if you will, and, and a huge confidence builder from the defensive standpoint. But that moment that you talk about was definitely this team – that has been battling injuries all year, that's mm-hmm. been in every game they've been in that they've lost, there was a moment or two or moments or situations of those games that the Colts have lost. They had a chance. They had a chance. And somehow, some way, they blew it, uh, either through a blown coverage, a missed tackle, missed opportunity, a, a questionable call, you know, just whatever the case may be, the game is the, the it's about a game of inches, and this team has not figured out how to play consistent football for a duration of you know for a quarter of a season. You know, I know they were coming off mm-hmm. of two, you know, uh, straight wins. The Colts or the Titans were coming off three straight wins, and this was a big game within the division. You know, you look down the you know the rest of the the schedule. You know, you only have what three division games left: the Jack two against the Jaguars and the Texans. So mm-hmm. I know this Derrick Henry injury affects the entire division. Uh, hopefully, you know if the 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 Titans can't hold off and take care of business, this gives Colts some more life to say, "Hey, with all the mishaps and all the injuries and all the things that possibly could have gone wrong, we still have a small window of opportunity to potentially play in the postseason." I actually have I ha- actually have a gentleman's bet with uh, uh, the Colts Sports Illustrated guy uh, Zach Hicks. Uh, he bets that the Titans will still win more games than the Colts will the final mm. games of the season. And I took that gentleman's bet with him. Um, I think it's going to be a, a a charity donation, you know, uh, for right, whoever wins. Right. But um, you know, it's just 
I'm kind of looking at it going, I like where the Colts like are. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the three, the, they, 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 they took the Titans to overtime. Mm-hmm. They took the Ravens to overtime. They took the Rams to the last play of the game. I mean, right. I it's there. They got to learn how to close. They got to learn right. how to close. If I'd have told right. you that Derrick Henry in this game got 28 carries for only 2.4 yes. yards a carry and that Ryan Tannehill threw two interceptions in this game, <laughs> there is no way you'd go, well, the Titans oh, and, must have won. And, 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 oh, and, and, oh, by the way, <laughs> they had over a league high, over 160-something yards in penalties. In penalties, yes. In penalties, the most offseason by any team. So that <laughs> – that is alarming in every which way because the Colts should have Colts should have won this football game. They should have won this football game, and uh, I don't know if you want to go to it, but I, I, we have to address that play that we spoke, you know, spoke about with Carson Wentz. And I know it's early, but I, I I cannot help myself, Lawrence. I cannot help myself. Go ahead. But what the heck happened? This is a moment. This is a moment where obviously get the the game started off. You couldn't ask for the game to start off any hotter than the, the, the Colts, the way they started this game, going up 14 up. It's a minute 33 left in the game. It's tied up, and we're on the eight-yard line, and we decided to call a screen, which is I'll, let, I'll give you the floor in a second. It was a questionable call. I agree. It was a questionable call. But like I told you, putting my defensive thinking cap on and being in those meetings and understanding the uh, – the uh, an offensive philosophy. So anytime there's the two minute drill before the half or the end of the game, every defensive coach is screaming to his players, watch screen, watch screen and draw, watch screen and draw, draw. Why? Because it's an easy uh, drive starter for an offense. Now we've seen this from different lenses. I think Carson Wentz at that moment, with a questionable call, you can't make a questionable call any worse than what it is. You have to be able to make a quick decision. Get rid of the football. Get rid of it. Throw it on a, a lineman's back. Just get the ball out of your hands so you live to see another day. And do not put your team in a even more of a hole by throwing the ball with your left hand to God knows who you intended to throw this ball to. And it turns into a pick six. And now we're scratching our head as if, what in the hell just happened? We just saw a really entertaining football game and we just saw a bonehead play. And not only that, he comes back the next series and he eludes a, t- a sack. He, he he damn near falls, catches his balance and able to connect with Michael Pittman for a 38 yard uh, completion, which you go on to, you know, I, I mean, it was just it was mind blowing how this game kind of unfolded and I had to bring it up because I know we talked about it beforehand and I just, we have to get, get this conversation started because I know everyone is itching to know what we think about what the hell happened towards the the last two minutes of this football game. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, um, that screenplay was the most questionable call I have seen all year by Frank Reich. There's no way on earth back up that far would I allow my quarterback in a seven-step drop screen pass to a tight end? And what? And I'm saying this, you're going to have your quarterback standing in the end zone mm-hmm. and allowing free rushers to come right at him, right, while he's standing right. in the end zone and hope that no one is in the way 
of the pass on that three rushers so that right. you get the ball off uh, to your tight end so that he could take off with it. It was mm-hmm. read immediately, as you said. You know, it, right. Frank Reich put Carson Wentz in a really, really bad situation. And this comes back to something I will talk about after we after I discussed the whole interception in overtime where you, you alluded. <laughs> yes. That was yes. another one of those things. Yeah. What in the world? You have five minutes in overtime. You have the football. Yes. Okay. Five minutes, all your timeouts, good to go. Uh, you have some, you, you have a, a good little uh, pocket there you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, it's first and 10. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor standing right there, five yards in front mm-hmm. of you with no one around him for 15 yards. Mm-hmm. That's a guaranteed first down move the sticks. Right. All right. And instead, you push that ball downfield into double coverage, you know, yeah. on, on on a play that obviously the Titans are looking for, you know, right. you, you alluded it, to it, was it earlier. A, yeah, it was a questionable decision by, again, by Carson Wentz. And we spoke about it before. I scratch my head anytime you pick up the stat sheet and you see that Carson Wentz has thrown the ball more than 25 times. 20 to 25 times. Is his wheelhouse. That tells me they're playing efficiently on the offensive end. The run game is working. Defenses are getting stops. There's an efficiency about this, this football team when he can throw the ball between 20 and 25 times. 51 times, that call on that play you're, you're talking about, it's an old school play where you have two tight ends off the ball. You have potentially a seven-man protection. That means you have two guys in, in, in a route. And so what happened? They didn't bring pressure. The two tight ends leak out late. You have Jonathan Taylor over the ball. So it's essentially a two-man route. It's an easy read from the secondary from a safety standpoint. And not only did Kevin Biard jump the route, he played the game. I mean, get, who was who was Carson Wentz throwing the football to? A guy that who had, he had targeted 15 times throughout the football game who had a great impact on this game. He's obviously the number one threat. See why Hilton goes out early in the fourth quarter with a concussion. So, yes, everyone in that stadium knew he was going to be locked in to Pittman, and Kevin made a, a heck of a play. He trusted his, his experience. And, again, another bonehead decision by Carson Wentz that at that moment, both teams, a field goal would have won the game. Because both teams, if I'm not mistaken, they both punted. So at that point, after one, after each team gets a possession, whoever scores first, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, wins the game. And your mind can't be go for the dump it off, dink and dunk. Let's move the chains. Let's keep the defense on the field. Let's 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 make the game easy. And it, when the decision is made like that, I get your arm strength. He has arm arrogance. Because he has such a strong arm, he he thinks he can, you know, he can hit every window on the, you know, on his target, and he can if he's on target. But we see once you you couple that arm arrogance with poor decision making, bad things happen at the most critical point of a game. And situational football has been the Achilles heel of this team. You cannot beat yourself. And the Tennessee Titans tried to give this game away. They wanted to with all the penalties and the turnovers. And they just made the play that, and we were in position to make, 
and we didn't. And it comes down to simplest form of, you know, they, we were in position to make the plays. Unfortunately, we didn't make them when we needed to. And, you know, Carson Wentz, he takes a bulk of it because the ball is in his hands. Every snap, 51 targets. Ah, I don't like that. I don't like that, uh, that recipe for us. I don't like that menu when he has to throw the ball that many times. On a day that Jonathan Taylor looked like, again, he was having his way with the defense. You gave him the ball. He was getting plenty of positive yards. I think right. going into the fourth quarter, he was averaging over five and a half, almost six yards a carry at that point. Yes, yes. And yes. he only got 16 touches that game. Mm-hmm. What in the world are we talking about letting Carson Wentz throw the ball 51 times and only letting Jonathan Terry, Jonathan Taylor carry the ball 16 times? It makes no sense to me when it's that late in the game. That's Jonathan Taylor time. Fourth right. quarter, that's the time you should be feeding the guy. Right. right. Especially I, we, when it's yeah. close. Right. We definitely should take a piece of what the Titans have done to teams for the last three or four years. They just dominated in the fourth quarter because why they're committed to running the football. Again, it's not fancy. It's not glamour ball. But when you have to run it, you have to be able to run the football. You got the guys up front to get it done. You know, let's 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 minimize. Carson Wentz impact when you have to throw the ball, let's say at very at the most 35 times, but 51 times and on a screenplay, again, we can go, we can debate this all day long, but it was a questionable call, but you cannot compound a questionable call with a very poor decision that costs your football team. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And then over time, it's just unexcusable a guy with that type of experience to not understand the situation of the game. It was first down. Throw the ball away. Don't force it. Throw the ball away. You you know, drive the ball down the field. Field goal wins the game. And now we're having a completely different conversation. Absolutely. Um, so after this game, the Colts are now three and five. <laughs> yes. And uh, the Titans right. looks like they're gonna yeah. go the rest of the season without Derrick Henry. Oof. Without a guy who has like something like 30%, 36, 36. 36% of their offense. Mm-hmm. More than any other player outside of a quarterback. From right. From a usage standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been asked this multiple times across all my social media platforms. So I'm going to ask it to you. With that being the case and the rest of the schedule happening, are the Colts playoff chances done? Or do they still have a chance? You know, I want to say they still have a chance. And I have to go back to the schedule, right? I think it's not going to be entirely up to the Colts to control mm-hmm. their destiny. They have to control what they can. They got to go out here and win. You know, uh, you got to be, you got to win out within your division. The Texans, there's a, we can first we can say okay if we play well enough we can win that game the jaguars in two weeks i think they can come out and win that game um but you look at the schedule the bills the bucks the patriots cardinals and raiders you know those are those are some tough teams you got to play you know and and it's going to come down to i don't believe the titans will be able to hold off the momentum they've they've uh amassed for themselves because, as you said, Derrick Henry, Henry was a huge part of their success running the football. Mm-hmm. 
I just read someplace they're signing Adrian Peterson, who's mm-hmm. another former bell cow, to be able to handle 20 to 30 rushing attempts a game. However, I don't think he's just he just walks in and you give him 30 carries and think he's going to finish the season off. We added one more game this year. So 10 years think, ago, we he could do yeah, that. Yes. 10 years ago, <laughs> I, I've been a victim of some of his uh prolific <laughs> and and epic runs. So obviously I think it's gonna take a, a month or so to get him acclimated. But it's going to be running back by committee for the Titans. And I do think the Colts still have a squeaky chance of sneaking into this playoff race if got teams like Tennessee, the Texans aren't really much of anything this year. And, uh, uh, you know, you're going to you're going to have your work cut out, but you have to win. You have to win within a division. And literally every week from here on out is a playoff week. It's a must win. The Colts have to find a way to close games. Mm-hmm. Have to. I mean, look, straight facts here. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but the Colts have yet to beat a team that has more than two wins, right? Yeah. Uh, that's just facts. That's who they are. That's 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 what they are. We're getting ready to go in and face the Jets this Thursday, right? Yes. And they've beaten two five-plus win teams now. Yes. The Jets have beaten yes. two five-plus and we yeah. are 0-3 against five-plus win teams. And we're, we've come close, yes. but we've lost. And <laughs> to right. your point, the Jets just beat a really quality football team in the Bengals yeah. and Joe Burrow. So they're, and they they're, beat the Titans just a few weeks ago. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, man, oh, I mean, it just, you know, when things, when you think things can get worse, uh, normally they they don't, but in this case they've. Uh, it, this has been the story of the Colts' season this year, you know, with, through injuries and and not being able to play and close out games. Yeah, and it's going to come back. The good football to, at this point, teams have figured out we we know who the team's identity is, what their what their identity is, and they aren't closers right now. Hate to nope. say it, but they just aren't. Uh, they get out, they come out hot at times, you know, the last three or four weeks, the offense have kind of, they've kind of, you know, settled in and, you know, getting T.Y. Hilton back and getting some guys back. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor had an off week with the 49ers, but he clearly got back on track um, against the Titans. So we have talent. We just, as a unit, as a group, as a team, we just, for whatever reason, can't close. We can't finish games, and and we look lost at times. And it's not like the Indianapolis Colts don't have some really good things to hang their hat on. They have the number one DVOA run defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, they they proved that against Derrick Henry this past uh, yesterday. Right. Um, they they are tied with the Buffalo Bills with the most turnovers in the NFL. They have eighteen. Yes. yes. Remember Darius Leonard's uh, prediction. Yeah, 40. A 40? Mm-hmm. Right now, the Colts are on a pace for 37. Okay? I so, believe they will get it done. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's impressive. Now, but we have problems defending the pass at times, right? There's, yes. there's an issue there. Uh, yes. And questionable play calls, you know, on the offense. That's, that's, a, that's something that um, – that has plagued us. It's not just yeah. play calls, it's execution as well, right? There it is. That 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 that's it. That's it. Execution is not being able to execute the call. Because any 
coaches have a play sheet. We've talked about this mm-hmm. before. End of game, the players, and especially the quarterback, you kind of have a feel for what Frank Wright and that staff is going to call in that situation because you practice it every week mm-hmm. of those situations. I promise you, they've they've walked through or either gone through a situation where there's less than two minutes to go in the game. You have two timeouts. You're backed up. How do we execute? Let's go to the calls. And this is what 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 makes me scratch my head about this call. We may say it's questionable the call, uh, the run the screen and the 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 buckle play with with Wentz and the pick six, but Frank Wright isn't calling something that he absolutely thinks this team can execute. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that isn't translating to his team. And so you got to go back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, what do we have to do to be successful in, in critical moments? Because critical moments decide whether you win or lose. And execution is everything. And you hit it on the head every week for the last eight weeks. This team has not been able to execute offensively or defensively and collectively as a whole and string this together for multiple weeks. See, there's a lot of other question marks about uh, Frank Reich's aggressiveness saying, well, he goes for fourth downs too much. And I, I was looking up some stats. Frank Reich has went forward on fourth down 13 times this year, 13 okay. times, which is uh, the league average currently right now is 11. So wow. uh, he is aggressive, but not much more than the average, right? Right. Um, right. And then if you go look at uh, uh, his win percentage on fourth down. Okay, that's fifth, what I'm waiting on. Fifth best in the league. Okay, okay. Fifth best in the league. So which means in my – what that says to me is he's going forward about the league average, maybe a little bit more – but he's mm-hmm. making the right pl- he's making the right choices on what plays to make, right? Because right, if right. it's getting if it's working and executing and completing, then that's good. So, with that being said, he's executing fifth best in the league on on fourth down and just a little bit more aggressive than what the other teams are in the NFL. Is that? Mm-hmm. But it's not translating to wins. No, because this team had issues finishing drives in the red zone mm-hmm. you know if you they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone for god knows whatever reason like so, the first three weeks was like that yeah the first three weeks it was just horrendous and you know this team this is now it's becoming you know we who are they okay i think they're a team that can create turnovers defensively i think they play they play hard you you don't watch this football team and say, hey, these guys gave up. I don't see that at all. I don't even want to start that conversation. I probably shouldn't have brought it up. But from an execution standpoint, I just think Carson Wentz, as much as as much as was put on his plate this year and as much as was expected of his play and how he would take this team to the next level, because everyone wants to see him play that 2016, I believe, season when he was in the MVP conversation. And to me, he's a guy who's a proven poor decision maker in critical moments. And I don't mean, I don't want to turn this into a bash Carson Wentz uh, segment session, but he is tough. He is a grinder. He's a guy that I would love to have played with because he shows you he the game matters, that he wants mm-hmm. to show up. But uh, Frank Wright, they have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we can protect Carson Wentz from himself. Because he's a, he's got that gunslinger mentality, 
And to me, he stands out the most because he is the guy who, you know, a lot is expected. He makes the big bucks. And, you know, when, when, when a decision needs to be made, it has to come from your leaders and the guys that, that have the ball in their hands all the time. And he is that guy. That's what the quarterback position is. Part of the equation and evaluation of those guys is, are you a really good decision maker? And I know I'm leaning on that, but that's what it boils down to. If he's making the right decision, then he's going to hold everyone else accountable. There were times where, you know, we would have a big play here, a big run here, and then it gets negated. And, you know, just it's too much inconsistency with this football team. They're consistent at being inconsistent. And that's not a recipe for winning a lot of games in this in this division. And just to talk about these next few weeks, you have the Jets on Thursday night, you have the Jaguars, and then you 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 get into the, you know, then you have the Bills and the Bucks. Uh-huh. I mean, I, this this team is week to week. This team is week to week for me. You know, I, you brought something up and it made me think about uh something else that really hit me with the the, the, the penalties. Did you realize that there was two holding penalties that called back 69 yards rushing from Jonathan Taylor? He had two 30-plus yard runs that were called back because of holding calls. Oh, wow. In that game this this past Sunday. That is huge. I believe it was Reed. It was Reed. Yeah, 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 same guy. You know that that tells me the guys are they're fighting hard, but again, this this team at times reminds me of some of the teams I played on in Cleveland, where it was you just couldn't get out of your own way, and when yeah. things seem to be going well, then you have some momentum and you have some rhythm on offense, and it's just something takes you back and whether it be through penalties or dumb or poor decisions or questionable play calling, you can't get out of your own way. Mm-mm. And you're, you're fortunate. They're fortunate to be in a, in a division that isn't that strong. You know, uh, you got the, the, the Texans and the Titans are scratching for wins, just like the Colts are, and, you know, but they still have a shot. They still have a chance if, if things, uh, you know, if, if, you know, other teams kind of falter down the stretch. Yeah, but they they definitely have to come out with a big uh, big performance here coming up on Thursday night against the Jets, who are coming off a, a huge win uh, huge. in their house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's a game, uh, like I said, short week for both teams, and the Colts can't take the Jets for lightly. I mean, they've already beaten two good teams, right? Right. Uh, right. Including the team that just beat them. So they they, <laughs> they gotta. They got to walk into this with with the mentality of okay, this is this is a contending team. We have to handle them, you know. And right. that's uh, if they lose to the Jets this this Thursday, I'm telling you, I'm done. I'm just like, all right, let's let's <laughs> let's go ahead and go for the first round pick. Yeah, uh, you know that because yeah. I, I I would have no more faith in in, in the Colts uh, the rest of the season. I don't yeah, think. Well, yeah, we we talked about this uh, some other time where these young guys who. The, the only guy that's that's won a ton of games and won meaningful games and knows how to close games, two two names come to mind, T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle, you know, that are on this team. 
a lot of these guys haven't had they've had early success with with uh who was it who was the quarterback like philip philip rivers, rivers but never you know they just hasn't they haven't dealt with this type of adversity before and this shows you know kind of the growing pains this team has to go through in order to be a better team and it's unfortunate we had this team in my opinion if carson wentz played a glimpse of himself at that mvp level years ago this team, in my opinion, would have been, you know, Super Bowl bound, you know, could contend with the the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the top team, the Raiders right now. You know, all these teams in the AFC that's playing well. But fortunately, every year is different. And unfortunately for the Colts, it started off bad with injuries, not having Carson Wentz. You know, and all this is a trickle effect of everything that happened early in the offseason and during training camp, not having key guys available to build that continuity to get you through those tough stretches of the season. And now we're, we're witnessing, you know, this team just isn't good right now and it can't play winning football when it needs to. Well, here's the thing. Okay. So Carson Wentz did have to play hero ball quite a bit earlier in the season. Like you said, due to injuries and guys not there running game wasn't started off. Didn't start off very well. Uh, he was under pressure all the time because of the offensive yes. line issues. Uh, receivers weren't quite stepping up quite yet. But over the recent weeks, it's shown the offensive line started getting healthier. Receivers started to pick up. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. looks like an ex-receiver right now, Uh, has looked like an ex-receiver for for the past few weeks. Jonathan Taylor is a stud, and that's established. But we're not using Jonathan. Here's the thing. Carson Wentz should not be put in a situation where he has to put the team on his shoulders right now when he can lean on the rest of the team. And yet the play calling is contradictory to that. Right. You know, Uh, and, and, and the big question is how many calls are played or or plays are called that were supposed to be run. That was audibled out into a pass play. We would not. Right. Right. We will never know. Right. Because. because of Frank Reich and, and Carson Wentz, they're never going to sell the other person under the bus. Right. They're not going to do that. They're going to put it on themselves every time, you know? Right. So, yeah, it just goes to show you, I mean, you have a crowded backfield and all those guys aren't, you know, those guys are, are guys that can catch out of the backfield. The mismatches on, on, on linebackers, use them, use them. You know, uh, I just, I just, you have too much talent to be pigeonholed to just one guy and say, hey, you go out there and make and, and get us a W. No, this is his first year. He hasn't been there a full year and to play and build that rapport with these guys. This is his first year. We got to remember, you know, he's walking into an entirely new situation. Mm-hmm. These other guys are familiar with each other. They know what they can do. You have Naheem, Naheem Himes and Jonathan Taylor. Give them the ball. And you also have a guy that you've been on the you've been meaning to trade. And this talks about getting rid of him. Use him. Take some pressure off of Wentz. Take some pressure. You know, change it up. You know, I, Frank Wright, in my opinion, when he was in my mind, and when he was with the the Eagles, this guy had a, a bag of tricks up his sleeves from an offensive play caller standpoint. Bring him out. What do you have to lose? You know, we go for as you mentioned, we've gone for it on fourth down thirteen times this year. This year, we have a fifth best conversion rate. Well, heck, you know what? I just I, I never understood that deep, that offensive philosophy. I'm gonna stay true to who I am. 
regardless if I'm three and five or five and three. Yep. Let's change things up, man, because at, at some point, teams are going to realize Michael Pittman Jr. is our best target, is the guy that moves the chains for us. And if we can double him or, or minimize his effect on the game, make what are the Col- what will be the Colts' answer? And right now, we don't seem to have an answer of an adjustment, you know, an in-game adjustments when, okay, your, your original plan worked. It got stalled a bit. Let's change things up a bit. I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't see that, and it doesn't translate to the the execution and the play calling. So there, there's 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 a lot of holes and a lot of areas in this team um, that you know could obviously help their chances of winning winning football games. But you know, right now, you know, you just got to hang your hat on the rest of the division kind of falling by the wayside and you slowly but surely creep up and, and possibly get a playoff uh, uh, playoff berth. But we're a long ways away from that, a long ways away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I feel like, like I said, man, my, my hopes for the team is there. I feel like we have the quality of players on the team to be successful. It's just the execution is not good right now. And, you know, if, if one guy, Carson Wentz was not having a good day yesterday. He was overthrowing people. He was not making yeah. good decisions. Frank Wright yeah. should have took the ball out of his hands, in my opinion, yeah. and, and especially late in the game and been like, you know what, Taylor, let's let's take the game over or, or Hines. Or, yeah. There was a few times I saw Taylor and Hines both out there on the field at the same time. I want to see more of that. I've been talking right. about that all year. Why can't we run some two running back formations, you know, more yeah. often? Like you say, right. use the stable that we're so deep at. Right, right. It, you know, I, I go back to some units I was on defensively, and I don't know necessarily if it applies to an offense, but when whether it was with the Browns or the Colts, anytime we got in a funk where, you know, as we're talking to, as a team right now, we're, we're right on the – we're teetering around, we can – you know, string together a, a handful of wins and we can turn the season around. And I go back to some of the coaches who changed things. I was like, you know what? We're going to throw out our playbook. We're going to go back to the basics. We're going to simplify things. So everyone is executing and everyone is confident in every call that we make from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. And our practices reflected it. It's like, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to make a call and have, and give you three or four different adjustments within the call. We're going to have one mass check. We get X. If we get a formation, they come out in empty. We're going to a too high concept. If they come out at basically, you can simplify things. So, excuse me, guys are executing and flying around. And maybe they've done that. Maybe they haven't. But from an offensive standpoint, you have to simplify things to a certain degree. It's like, you know what? We're not, if Frank Wright calls a run, run the play. We're not out of one. This quarter, we're not doing that. We're, let's, we're going to stay committed to even if they drop nine in the yeah, box. Even if they <laughs> drop nine in the box, we're going to run this this darn thing just so we can see how this thing goes. Yeah, you know, we want to take the, the the ball out of Carson Wentz. We, we don't want to throw the ball fifty one times. I don't no. think any quarterback wants to throw the ball fifty one times and then have a shortened week to play Thursday night. You know, and then you have an extra game in the end. Of, you know, so it just doesn't. That that recipe they have to they have to simplify things. They have to get back to the drawing board and make make those guys uh, want to go out and play 
And anytime I've ever been a part of those teams, man, whether we won or lost, you know, it makes the game a lot less stressful from a mental standpoint and allows those guys to pin their ears back and play play ball. So this podcast is not called bashing Colts. It is believe in Colts. And you were talking yes. about earlier, you know, Frank Wright's um, bag of tricks that he showed in Philadelphia. Now, he did show that mm-hmm. on a play in the fourth quarter to tie the game to put it into overtime where – Carson Wentz was under center. Oh, yes. At the, the one yard line. Yes. Yes. And then Carson Wentz moves yes. off to the right. And then we had yes. the Wildcat formation direct snap to yes. Naheem Hines, who ran, yes. ran the option read. And it was a run that was a beautifully played design yes. call, perfect for the situation. Never seen it before. The Titans had mm-hmm. no answer for that. Taylor right. just walks right on in for the touchdown. Yes, I do remember that. He did pull out the bag of, tr- you know. He pulled from that bag of tricks. And mm-hmm. I, I know coordinators don't like it because it's basically telling everyone we can't do anything else. We got to fool everyone. Who cares? If it moves the chains and if it scores you points, that's all anyone cares about. I don't mm-hmm. know any player that said, hey, I didn't like running tr- trick plays, even though it worked. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, it's like it's crazy thinking. Like, do it. Who cares? Yep. You know, but um, again, I do, I do like this. I do like this football team has a shot, you know, and the first eight weeks had been ideal, but yet they're not completely underwater. Um, they're, they're, you know, <laughs> they're reaching for air right now, but somehow some way this Jets, you got to get, go out and win this football game because if you yeah. don't, yeah, this uh, teams, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised and I'm not going to say this first, but you know, you're going to start to question, you know, the head coach. You know, and and certain coordinators, and and that, and you don't want to start that conversation because that only just that you know more wood. Get, it's too early in the season, and when that happens, then your team is distracted, and you're answering questions about it throughout the week, and now you really can't go out and execute because your mind is focused on someone's job security. Yeah, this is a game that I feel like. Uh is very similar to when I said, when we was talking about going into the Titans game, this is a game uh, this Thursday against the Jets. They just can't go out there and win it. They have to win it in a very convincing fashion. Um, just, just to get their, just to get their spirits back up as a team. You know what I mean? To, to yeah. feel that, that, you know, walk out of that game and, and have a positive energy because after this game, what just right. happened, there is no doubt, even though it was at home, when they went home after the game, you know their heads was down. You know that even today, you know they're they're. I'm I'm sure that they're all up in their own heads right now. Going, oh, oh man! Can you imagine? This is the film study day. Yeah, this is the day you go in and you're grading every play, and it's gotta, you know, to know that you were such, it was such a close football game and you're very familiar with the opponent that you lost to and to lose it in the fashion that you did and to go back and watch it. You're very close. It's going to be encouraging for the guys in the locker room because you know what we have next week, we got a ton of football to play. If you're in the right mental state and you have great leaders in place, you take this and you say, you know what, we're close. We're not, we we should have been a lot closer. We should have this corrected, but we don't, but we're very freaking close. And we beat a, we almost beat a really good football team. 
and uh, and that should carry you over to the shortened week where you go out. I completely agree with you. You can't go go out and win this game by a field goal. No. You got to go out and and stake your claim, and you got to make it unconvincingly that you're the better football team on the field. And guess what? It's on. It's in front of a national audience. Everyone's mm-hmm. watching. And how well are you going to be able to bounce back from a devastating loss in overtime? Are you going to have your legs? Are you going to be mentally prepared to start the game? So there's there's a ton of question marks that now with a three and five record, my eyes go to because I've been in those situations before. I'm going to preparedness. I want to watch the game and see, you know what? Are these guys prepared? Are the coaches still do they still carry that same energy they had and the same hopes they had beginning of the season as they have now? And the preparedness is going to tell me everything about this coaching staff, whether or not, you know, uh, they're getting these guys ready and prepared to play. And, you know, from a veteran looking at it, I was like, that is very important right now. Your leadership, the the tone, uh, your message throughout the week is very important right now moving forward. Absolutely. And, um, my my reputation's at stake here, Colts. I'm just letting you know this because last week uh, I was talking about how the NFL should be fined for allowing the New York Jets to have a Thursday night football game. And if we lose to them, <laughs> all right, <laughs> if we lose to them, that's going to make me look really, really bad. So you need to go out there and put right. the hammer down, all right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because the, the Jets are bad. They, they play with a backup quarterback, I believe. And yes. And trick play. He, trick play to yeah. win the game. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, this, this is, you know, uh, the Jets have become, you know, just a – they can't figure it out. Let's say that. And you, I don't care what what your remaining teams that you're playing, you cannot lose to the New York Jets. You cannot. You cannot. If you think you have a shot in the win, you cannot lose to the Jets and go out and play a game that you played the week before and almost beat a, you know, a a quality, you know, opponent and go out and stink it up, stink the joint up against the Jets because no one will give you a shot after that. You know, that, 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 that to me will become a toxic, situation in the in the locker room and this is again they're teetering around that gray area where if you go out and lose and you're three and five three and six a lot of young football a lot of young guys in that team they're going to start getting selfish they're going to start saying you know what forget the team i'm gonna go out here and make a play for myself because again all eyes are watching our games, and at the end of the season, if I'm a borderline guy, a free agent guy, you know, hey, I got to make myself look good on tape, and that's where you start to see the disconnect from within. And I've I've lived it, I've I've you know been through it a ton of my life, and I know the signs of it, man. I can I can spot it a mile away. So I'm just uh, I worry about that. But again, the the Colts have the team to be able to go out and compete every week and compete at a high level. Again, it goes back to the point you made execution, simplifying the game plan, making sure every guy understands the calls. So you minimize your mental errors. So there's no blown calls and you, you have to, you really have to take extra time now as a unit, as a team, Carson Wentz has to get those guys together. Darius Leonard has to get those guys together together go out and play with that and practice that same energy because everyone's watching the leaders on this football team everyone's watching you front office coaches but more importantly your peers that you're playing with all right colts 
you and the coaches and the players and Ursay and everybody, you need to be hearing what we're saying. I know you probably ain't, but at the same time, <laughs> you need to be uh, go out there and 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 practice on the simple stuff. Make sure your execution, understand the game plan, understand the guys around you. Uh, don't worry about making the big the big the big plays downfield. Make sure that you know when the ball's thrown at you, you 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 watch it go into your hands. If you need you to make know. a block, make sure that you know you're you're making the block and 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 not putting your hands in a position to where the refs might end up. You know, oh, I see that jersey pull. Uh, if you're out there getting making a tackle along the sideline, make sure you get him out of bounds rather than yeah. just kind of. Uh, push and then watch him go 57 yards down the field that's just embarrassing simple little things just go out there and execute the simple stuff and you have a shot at winning just that's all you need to do at least yeah. that's that's how i feel about yeah. it yeah yeah the game is simple just go out and do your job don't, mm-hmm. don't don't do anything that's unexpected of you go out there and do your job and make the plays that come to you mm-hmm. if you do that you give yourself a, a a great chance of winning a football game. But let me ask you this: I, I should have said this before we got into the thick of it. But how was your how was your your Halloween? Um, I sat here. <laughs> I sat here uh, in my home uh, after the game was over and kind of sulked for a few hours. <laughs> okay, um, kind of recovering from the football game. Uh, um, went outside, uh, kind of mingled with the kids as they were walking around, but there wasn't a lot of children in my neighborhood. Yeah, um, same. and then my fam, my, uh, my sister-in-law came over and we hung out and we talked and I mean, earlier in the day, it was not very good because the Colts lost, but later in the evening, it got a little sure. bit better, you know? So sure. I was yours. Sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, my wife and I, we always dress up. And we find something to, you know, again, it wasn't many children running around the uh, the neighborhood because of COVID. It kind of mm-hmm. changed some things. But uh, we did have a chance to to go to a friend's house that lives in Virginia. And they have a huge street blocked off. And you're able to experience uh, Halloween for what it is. And and that was good. My, my son enjoyed that. But uh, again, you know, but we my wife and I, we love to dress up. I, I, I gave a tribute to DMX and the Rough Riders. I was nice. DMX. And uh, my son and wife were members of the Rough Riders, so we we had fun with that. But um, I want pictures of that man. That that'd oh, yeah, be it, awesome. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's on the uh, Instagram too, man. Awesome. We, we always have. One year we were loving basketball, and, and one year I was uh, Michael Jackson with the curly hair and the red. <laughs> you know, I, I, we we have fun with it. We we enjoy Halloween, but I I had to I had to say that because we we uh, spoke before we started taping. I was like, man. I, how was your thing? How was your how was your Halloween? So, yeah, got that yeah, past I, us. I, I seen the uh, the decorations you got sitting there behind. Oh yeah, you. oh yeah. So, so I was, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm, I, I'm in full spirit, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the rest of the holidays this season are rolling around. So, uh, hopefully, everybody out there that's listening or watching to this has has a has a great last two months uh, of the year um, because yes. we all know how holidays are with some people, some people it's great. Some people it's, it reminds them of bad stuff, you know? So, um, uh, hopefully everybody has a great, happy holidays. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a, uh, a a month of of thanks, you know, be thankful and blessed of what you have. Don't worry about what you don't have. 
Uh, and if we can, you know, extend our hand and help others do it, why not? You know, I'm, uh, we're going to do something for my, my little son and his, uh, his little friends. They're going to give out turkeys and, and to families in need just so they understand, you know, we're blessed to be in a position we're in and, and we're going to see if we can bless others as much as we can. So it's very important this, this month to, to reach out, help someone and, and, and just appreciate all the good things that's happened to you. And if you can spread the love and spread the wealth, if you can. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here, I just want to shout out uh, the backroom collection. Um, I am uh, myself uh, one of their spokespersons. Um, you can actually go to their place where they have uh, a lot of really good um, uh, canvas stuff. I don't know. Did you ever oh, yeah. get in contact with them? I didn't, but I, I plan on doing it. Okay, I plan okay. On doing it. They have some really cool uh drawings and they, they do a really good job yeah sure. yeah definitely and and they also have mini helmets and signed mini helmets and they do special stuff uh they do special orders and things of that nature uh this deforest buckner one that i just showed you which if you're listening to the podcast didn't see a, a darn thing but <laughs> trust me it looks really nice it's um, really nice yeah, you can order that on uh, at thebackroomcollection.net. And don't forget to use the um, discount code CL10. Um, that, that'll help get you a little bit of uh, extra uh, discount there. So that's my personal discount code. Um, yeah, any any last words, Dequel? Uh, You know what? Only last words I have is, you know, we're, we're, we're going to still believe in these cults. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're ride or dies. And, and uh, I tell you what, if if uh, those guys need anything, they definitely need the fans to show up and show support and keep screaming loud at that stadium to get those guys over the hump because they need it. They all want to win regardless of the, the, the pitfalls they're going through right now and the poor decisions and all the other stuff that we talked about. These guys still need that fan base to show up because I'm sure they're more than appreciative because of the year before when there was no fans in the stand. So absolutely uh, they need this. They need the support and the shouts and the cheers more so now than anything. Absolutely. Uh, it sounded pretty loud uh, yesterday, especially on third downs a lot. I'd like to hear and see the same thing this Thursday against the jets. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of believe in Colts. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Please don't forget to smash the like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, tag that notification bell. And if you're listening on the podcast, uh, make sure you uh, go ahead and download it and share it with your favorite social media. So the others know uh, that we are out here because it's people like you that help spread the word uh, about our podcast. And Dequel and I are most appreciative for that. Yes, absolutely. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That is Dequel Jackson. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.